0: Hi, my name is Chris Raftree and I'm the Deputy Chair of the Queensland Clinical Senate and Nursing Director of Clinical Innovation and Advanced Practice at Goldhurst Health. 2020 is the International Year of the Nurse and Midwife, giving us the opportunity to recognise and showcase the work of nurses and midwives across our health system. And while COVID-19 has changed the way we might normally have celebrated, it has shone the brightest of lights on their role at the forefront of our response and as the backbone of our health system. I am honoured to introduce this podcast in which you'll hear from three exceptional members of Queensland Health's nursing and midwifery workforce. My name's Sean Bergen, I'm the Director of Nursing and the Co-Chair of the Division of Surgery at the Princess Alexandra Hospital here in Brisbane.
1: Sean, what led you to pursue a career in nursing and where did your nursing career begin?
0: Well, Rebecca, it started way back in the mid-80s. Uh, I left school and I thought I wanted to be a teacher and I started uh, science degree at university and found that wasn't for me. And one of my mate's uh, brothers, who was a couple of years ahead of me at school, he uh, had started nursing in the hospital-based program at the Princess Alexandra Hospital in those days. And I was at a party, as I recall it, and I was talking to him and he, I said, what's it like? And he said, he's having a great time. He really enjoys it. And he said, there's lots of girls. That sounds very shallow, <laughs> but uh, that's what he said. So uh, I, I, from what he said, uh, he said it's, uh, he's having a, a really interesting time. He'd been doing it for about 12 months. And anyway, long and short of it is I, I applied at the Mater Hospital and I uh, was fortunate to get into their uh, hospital-based training program back in 1984. And, uh, and that's where my nursing career began subsequently being back to university three times to uh, gain future uh, and further qualifications which I think is really important uh, as, a, as a as a nurse that we can continue to develop ourselves uh, professionally.
1: And was it early in your nursing career that you discovered surgical nursing? Uh,
0: Not really. I I think when I finished my training, I worked in the emergency department for a couple of years. I think my pathway has been down the critical care uh, line. Uh, I've spent probably about 15 years probably a little bit under half of my nursing career I've been in the job now 36 years in the profession that uh, about 15 years of that was in the critical care environment predominantly intensive care units and you know something that I miss every day uh, especially when you, you, know, you spend a bit of time with our intensive care colleagues uh, you know as part of my current role and there's always that little, you know, tinge that uh, that occurs when you walk through the intensive care unit where you wish you were back there uh, providing the direct care to patients.
1: What was it, Sean, that led you from that hands-on clinical nursing into your current leadership administration role?
0: Yeah, look, uh, t- to be honest, uh, I-, I think that one of the challenges that, uh, that nurses and midwives have as they progress through their careers and gain senior roles, uh, leadership roles, uh, is that uh, you have to sort of leave the bedside. And, you know, I think how you do that, it's an individual thing, um, how you can balance that. Some people do that extremely well. I have to say in my current role, I'd like to think that uh, I'm still um, pretty well well attuned to uh, the issues and the concerns that uh, many of my staff have uh, while they're working, you know, as direct care nurses at the coalface. And I think the opportunity in these roles that I have is that you can sit, for example, I chair the – the PA Pressure Injury uh, Prevention Advisory Committee and that's made up of a whole lot of direct care clinicians. So you get to really, um, if you choose to, and uh, you get to really uh, still understand and take on um, the concerns that, that our staff have as they continue to try and provide the best care that they can for their patients. So it's about making and creating that opportunity so that you still stay connected. My last clinical role was the nurse unit manager of the intensive care unit here at the PA Hospital but I think one of the highlights for my career was in the critical care space that uh, after the first Bali bomb, uh, I had the opportunity to work in Bali in Indonesia and Um, The Australian government at the time donated a critical care and burns unit to the Balinese people to say thank you for the support that they gave the Australians that were devastated and affected by the first Bali bomb and had the opportunity to commission that unit with the Balinese staff. And my kids went to school over there for a period of time and my my wife uh, obviously came with us. And, you know, you look back and you go, that was probably one of the most special moments of of my career. Uh, I would encourage any of my colleagues Colleagues, uh, if they get the opportunity to work outside of, you know, their comfort zone, they should do that. And the Balinese nurses taught me a lot. You know, we're very privileged in a, in Australia and in our current healthcare environments with the, the the equipment that we have and the technology that we have, and they certainly didn't have that back in the early two thousands. And um, but they still provided great care, nursing care to the patients. You know, their nursing and their clinical assessment skills were fantastic and they didn't need the technology. And I think that's the takeaway message for me that, you know, nurses can use their eyes, their ears and their and their sense of touch to deliver fantastic care to patients. And we should never lose sight of that.
1: That's a great story, Sean. Thank you for sharing. It's a great example of the vast array of opportunities in nursing, isn't it?
0: Yeah, the, the, the opportunities there, you've really just got to uh, um, take it when it presents itself to you, I think is the, is the key message I'd like to give yeah. my colleagues out there, nurses and midwives. Uh, if there's an opportunity, um, grasp it and, and, and take it. And that could be, you know, it could be overseas, it could be even in your own backyard.
1: John, you've been in leadership roles for many years now. What does a typical day look like for you as Director of Nursing and Co-Chair of the Division of Surgery?
0: Yes, some would suggest, Rebecca, that uh, uh, I could be a a jack of all trades and master of none. But look, these roles uh, have a a blended responsibility. So uh, operational service line management, so you've got all of the the, the issues of uh, managing activity and budget and staffing for a large clinical division. You know, I've got about 13 1,400 nurses that directly or indirectly that I'm responsible for. Recently, the focus uh, almost daily has been on the preparation of our hospital for or the presentation of uh, COVID-19 patients should that arise and been a lot of work that's being done in expanding our intensive care service, the footprint of intensive care and training staff that have never really worked in an intensive care unit to, to function in an environment like that should the need arise. Um, you know, you'd have to say that I, I see my role as a privileged role. I've had the opportunity to lead the planning cell in our emergency operations centre recently, and that was a that was about preparing our organisation and working with other members of the multidisciplinary team to, you know, as I mentioned, to expand the footprint of ICU or how we're going to work to reduce elective surgery to create inpatient capacity in the hospital where we would flow COVID patients to. So, you know, uh, nursing's taken me to uh, lots of uh, different pathways, and uh, and I think the job that I've currently got, as I mentioned, so you have got an operational arm, and you've got this uh, professional arm. But it's really important that as a senior nurse leader, we don't lose part, we don't lose sight of of that really important professional arm um, uh, as uh, as nurse leaders. Mm-hmm.
1: And Sean, part of what you do is sitting on the Senate. You've been a member of the executive <coughs> for for around four years now. How does that benefit you in your
0: role? Yeah, it's been a fantastic four years. I've had the opportunity to work with and, and meet some fantastic, some ta- fantastic people. You know, uh, with the chairs of the Senate, D- David uh, led the Senate well, and you know, we couldn't be in better hands with Alex at the moment. Just give you a bit of a plug there, Alex, but it's absolutely, <laughs> uh, it's absolutely true. One of the big eye openers for me in the last uh, four years, uh, ha- having this privilege to sit on the Clinical Senate, is is the the issues associated with our First Nations people. You think you understand it, but uh, when you start to uh, listen to some of the the members of the Exec or members of the Clinical Senate, and we've had various meetings on this topic, you really start to understand the gap that exists out there. And uh, that's been probably the single biggest eye-opener for me. The other the other, I think there's opportunity there. This year's um, Year of the nurse and Midwife, the theme is a voice to lead. And I think this is a great opportunity for, for nurses uh, and myself to have a voice and be brave enough to put your ideas and your opinions forward. And I think that that's recognised in Queensland because we have three senior nurses sitting on the Clinical Senate Executive. And I think that's a, that's a credit to, to everybody uh, that we recognise, you know, we work in a team, we don't work in isolation, but the value of having, you know, uh, uh, three people that can advocate for nursing, being the largest workforce in the state is pretty special.
1: Mm, that's awesome. So Sean, what is the key message you have for evolving nurses and midwives about the profession in this year of the nurse and midwife?
0: Yeah, I, I think it's more of what I've just said, uh, Rebecca. I think please have a voice. Please be brave enough to speak up because we know that the changes to healthcare are not driven out of the boardroom. They actually come from the coal face. And there are so many opportunities and ideas out there uh, from our direct care nurses and midwives, and we need we need you to speak up and be brave enough uh, to be heard. Uh, that's probably the se- the first the first message that I give, and the second one is is never lose sight of your clinical assessment skills. You know, continue to finesse them and mature them because you don't need a bag of technology to do that. You can take your nursing assessment skills everywhere. Uh, So continue to practice them and it's those skills that will provide our patients with the best possible uh, care environments um, into the future.
1: Sean, I feel like we could speak for a lot longer about your fantastic career, but thank you very much for your time.
0: It's been a pleasure, Rebecca. Thank you.
2: Hi. My name is Sari Holland and I'm the midwifery unit manager of the birth suite at the Townsville University Hospital.
1: Sari, thank you so much for your time. You started your career as a nurse and soon after started your studies in midwifery. What led you to change from nursing into midwifery?
2: Um, Well, I was in my first year as a nurse actually and my good friend um, was keen to go into midwifery and I looked at the, um, the... postgraduate diploma and it was going to be the first year it was available via James Cook University and um, and I was keen to become a midwife so I thought, yep, yeah, I'll get on and, um, and do it and it was honestly the best thing I could have done. I um, have not worked as a nurse since and as much as I loved nursing, midwifery was where I am happy and I get to practice um, midwifery daily. It's a beautiful career and I'm really glad that I went into midwifery all those years ago.
1: And what is it that you like about your career as a midwife?
2: Um, Well, there's so much, but I really love the journey that you can take with women. Um, We get to provide antenatal care and um, for a lot of women, that's a time of excitement and joy and we get to take part of that. Um, And we also get to um, provide women with information and choices when it comes to birthing and parenting. We know that women often in families will go on to be um, the healthcare leader in their family, really. They um, encourage their family to seek healthcare when they need it and they'll access preventative medicine when it's required. So if we can start that journey for new mums early, then it actually increases the health and wellbeing of Queenslanders for a long time. Um, I... um, You know, midwifery is such a broad area as well. You can start your day working, um, you know, with a woman in labour and then at the end of the day, you might be looking after someone's antenatal care um, or someone's postnatal care. It's it's such a diverse area and you can do so much. It's, um, It's a wonderful, wonderful career.
1: No two days are the same.
2: No two days are the same, that is for sure.
1: So, Sari, how long have you been a midwife for and what's been a highlight of your career so far?
2: I've been a midwife for 20 years this year, actually, Um, and my career highlights have probably changed over the years when I was an early career midwife and working clinically a lot um it might be that you know a a birth that sticks in my memory is um a woman who was at the end of her labor and she told me that she couldn't do it anymore that it was getting too hard and I was able to get her to look at me and tell her you can do this you're doing it you're doing beautifully and I could see that she believed me and she um kept going with her labor and she had her baby and um, although she provided me with a lot of thanks it's not the thanks that makes it worthwhile it's getting that woman to trust in her body and um, progress with her labor and then at the end of it realise that yes she could do it and that she's strong and that she's had a positive birth experience and um, you know, a lot of those births that I had as an early career midwife are so special to me and I'm so grateful I got to participate in those, um, in that, those women's births. Um, women remember their births for their whole lives and it's a really special moment that we get to be part of. Now I'm a unit manager. My role is now taking care of other midwives. So I'm able to support and grow their careers to where they want to be. Um, One of the midwives that I'm working with currently has an interest in research and I've been able to bring her on board to a research project that I'm doing and she's now going into other research projects and she's just doing so beautifully and this is an area of her career she may not have access if I hadn't encouraged her and... um, you know, helped her make some opportunities available. So that's a, another type of joy that I get to experience. And um, and I think that's probably similar for a lot of people that are 20 years into their career. And Sari,
1: I understand that you've become a health improvement unit fellow this year. Congratulations. Um, what, Thank you. What does that mean to you in your career?
2: Uh, well, um, Last year I applied for the program and it's a 12-month immersive program um, where CEQ supports you to step out of your own role at point 0.5 and um, you immerse yourself in a program around lots of different topics, but um, um, the ones that we've covered so far are quality and safety and um, complexity science, complex adaptive systems in healthcare. Um, There is a lot of leadership support involved and lots of personal growth within the year and I would encourage anyone who wants to become a leader in healthcare to consider this program and to apply. It's a wonderful experience and I have learnt so much in the four months that I've been doing the program and it has been such a gift to, um, to take part of it.
1: Congratulations again, Sari. That's really fantastic. Finally today, I was hoping you could leave us with a key message for evolving nurses and midwives about the profession in this year of the nurse and midwife.
2: Um, I think for um, evolving nurses and midwives um, in nursing and midwifery, I would encourage them all to embrace learning and embrace being challenged in your career as uh, these are the areas that will bring you growth and it'll bring in new opportunities that you may not have considered. Nursing and midwifery is a trusted and noble profession and we get to see people at the start and at the end of their lives and there's no greater privilege than to help our community during their healthcare needs.
1: Well, sorry we're very lucky to have you within Queensland Health and thank you so very much for chatting with us today.
2: Oh, that's kind, Rebecca. Thank you.
3: Hello, I'm Shelley Nolan. I'm the Chief Nursing and Midwifery Officer for Queensland
1: Health. Good morning. Shelley, thank you for joining us today. It's the International Year of the Nurse and Midwife. What does that mean to you personally and in your role as Chief Nurse and Midwife?
3: The International Year of the Nurse and Midwife is definitely a very special year and celebrates our um, Florence Nightingale's birthday but also it is such a privilege and exciting time for both of our professions of nursing and midwifery. Nurses and our midwives are so proud to have their work recognised and honoured in this very special way. We had some celebrations organised for this year and they will be occurring and have occurred very differently than expected. However, you know, this time to be able to celebrate, we've really focused on demonstrating the value and agility of our professions and how nurses and midwives commit to meet the needs of our communities.
1: And Shelley, nurses and midwives are absolutely the backbone of the health system. What does it take to be a nurse or a midwife?
3: I think you're right there. They truly are the backbone of the health system. I'm sure we will all have our own view of what it really means to nurses and midwives on that personal note. But each and every day, I see that it takes a willingness to celebrate, to collaborate, to be with our clients and patients and our peers as healthcare professionals and support staff. It takes courage to voice concerns, to be the voice for those who are unwell and in many cases incapacitated to voice their own accounts. It will also be, I guess in my view, that um, being a nurse is being considered respectful, determined and non-judgmental when providing care to the broader public. It is also about community at the centre of care and advocating for services and care that's required in those communities. It's importantly um, to have personal um, commitment uh, from each nurse and midwife. But what I see and and others see in nurses and midwives is is compassion, it's Mm. tenacity, it's determination, advocacy, The skills to be able to uh, undertake the work that we do, professionalism, and at the moment with COVID-19, innovation.
1: So Shelley, post-COVID-19 and into the future, what do you see as the greatest opportunity for nurses and midwives?
3: Well, we've really seen our professions have moved to new ways of working and responded to the pandemic by lifting to working to our full capacity in regard to what we can do clinically. Um, We have utilised the broad depth of knowledge that we have in rural regional areas to support First Nations people and biosecurity areas and I think we've really stepped up and led care and been inclusive in solutions to the challenges we may be experiencing, what our professions and our colleagues are experiencing but most of all really leaning forward and, and addressing our vulnerable communities needs in aged care, um, our First Nations people as through the biosecurity But moving into the future, I'm certain that we will continue to move forward in the same direction to ensure nurses and midwives are supported to work to their full potential and to the full scope of practice, ensuring that all patients in mainstream healthcare, women and their babes are accessing maternity services that are contemporary, as well as receiving the right care, the right place and the right person. This has really had an opportunity for, I guess, Queensland and Australia to move to that next level of contemporary care. I am absolutely sure that our workforce will be more mobile, working across all settings and increased community health provision, using technology to connect and support, utilising high-level health care with the broader health care team. Here in Queensland, for example, epigenetics, and genomics is an area where nurses and midwives are already pioneering and this will also grow and we're seeing that um, genetics are utilised with our genome typing in regards to some of our um, testing criteria and also how we can um, raise the value of healthcare by targeting uh, the right treatments, the right patient with the right clinical support at the right time.
1: And finally, Shelley, what is your message to nurses and midwives during this year of the International Nurse and Midwife?
3: Oh, this one's easy. (laughs) Our professions of being a nurse and midwife, it's just so rewarding. We are one of the few professions that are presented with so many opportunities within our careers. There is not a person in this world that is not touched or cared for by a nurse or midwife. My key message is that nurses and midwives embrace your role within your communities and especially at this time of crisis. It is at this same time I want you to know that I along with my staff and other nursing and midwifery leaders, we see you, we appreciate you and truly value your contributions. Celebrate and lift, this is your year. Join nurses and midwives from around the globe to celebrate your professions and continue to voice and advocate. You know, on a final note, across the world, the communities we live and work in have expressed enormous gratitude for the courage, strength, resilience and integrity in which our nurses and midwives have continued to provide care but also to proven uh, to be there for their communities. This is despite the ever-present risks to our own health and the health of their loved ones. Without a doubt, nurses and midwives have and are making vital contributions to ensure that we continue through this pandemic with a steadfast resilience. We will get there. We have a view to emerging from the pandemic with new and innovative strategies that will make healthcare better and into the future will support us as we continue to grow within our professions but most of all keep our our communities healthy and um, focus on wellbeing. It's been a tough time Rebecca for much of the um, community.
1: Absolutely and we're all incredibly grateful for everything that you and every nurse and midwife throughout the state has done for us so thank you very much Shelley for finding some time and amongst your very busy schedule to chat with us.
3: You're welcome and finally on behalf of all my staff that work in the Office of the Nursing and Midwifery Officer, we truly do thank um, everybody who's doing their bit and the support that community gives back to us so that we can be there. Thank you.